this is paid promotion. In honor of Reformation Day, there's nothing more reformed than a subscription to the Holy Smokes box. The only box which contains a solid theology book, everyday carry gear, and a nice cigar delivered right to your door. Each subscription includes access to an exclusive online community to discuss things, theology, cigars with like-minded men. I don't know about you, but that sounds like part of the internet I actually want to be in. The November box opens up on Reformation Day, October 31st at 8 a.m. Use promo code RESTLESS to receive an added surprise from us in your first box. There's a limited number of boxes available, so go to www.holysmokesbox.com and use the code RESTLESS. Again, limited supplies, guys. So if you want to get a Restless sticker from us in your first box, go there October 31st and order. This is Restless. Welcome back to a special edition of Restless. One more before the one-year Restless anniversary we've had some important events pastor michael that we need to handle before we get to our big celebration is it at cue the meme of the dancing coffin guys with restless faces on them and t4g on the coffin this is the end <laughs> please someone make that that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah, it does sound awesome we are today we are indeed going to do a eulogy for t4g the last t4g ladies and gentlemen, has been planned for 2022. So they're calling this the last word. The last uh, so word. The last word. Come together one last time. So there's one last time we can be together for the gospel <laughs> before, uh, you know, our uh, politics rips us apart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we will get there. And we will get there because T4G, if you don't know, has ma released a video with Mark Dever and Ligon Duncan discussing the end of T4G. And we are going to react to that and discuss what we think this means for the YRR. Because T4G has been at the center of the YRR uh, from the beginning of its when it started. It started in 2006. And when it started in 2006, it had 3,000 people in attendance, right? And just a little more information about it is if you read about the beginning of T4G, it was set as a supposed to be a model of gospel friendships. This is what Ling and Duncan said it. it. It here's this quote from him. T4G is a biennial conference that grew out of a set of gospel friendships. Mark Dever, Albert Moeller, CJ Mahaney, and I have all been friends for a number of years. And we they wanted to leverage their celebrity to model friendship across denominations for the sake of the gospel. Pastor Michael, what do you think of that that vision from Ligon Duncan? It's fascinating. So it is really, I mean, it is very YRR, right? Like we're going to, um, we are, you know, uh, generally reformed and we're going to kind of uh, come together around our Calvinism. And that's really the one thing that holds us all together. Uh, besides the actual, like, actually just the personal friendships of the men who decided to start it. Uh, but it, it, it is very uh, YRR. And, and, you know, in one sense, it's a very noble goal, right? I, I'm not uh, necessarily against this at all, that, hey, we want to uh, 
show that we can all work together for the benefit of the church, even though we have pretty serious disagreements in some areas. Uh, and so that's like that, that seems to me, at least on its face, a fairly noble thing. And I don't want to um, belittle that too much. Although I do think that, I mean, there's just so much more going on here with what we've talked about, with just celebrity culture, even the idea of we want to leverage our celebrity for this purpose. There's something to that. I like. I don't know that I'm ready to say that's wrong, but this is like when Frodo is like, you know, maybe we should keep the ring and use it. You know is what it, I mean? Yeah, no, totally. That's a that's a great point. And I do think one of the things, one of the real questions is to what degree should the gospel hold us together? across all kinds of lines because i do think that is a noble goal now apart this is apart from the celebrity piece which you're getting at because i think that is a was the gospel what was holding these people together or was it the celebrity piece it was it was clearly both and i think the continuing history of t4g somewhat plays that out because right this started with dever mahaney and duncan as the and and, moeller and moeller and moeller and pretty soon, well, not soon after, years later, Mahaney is removed. Yep. And the main uh, worship director from Sovereign Grace, I think it's Bob Coughlin, left with him over scandals that they had at one point defended him for. And then eventually... Right there, I remember reading the open letter and turned on him these for. three guys wrote, like, defending Mahaney. Like, we know him. We know that he didn't do any of these things, basically. Right. Uh, originally, when T4G started, John MacArthur was one of the most notable members. John MacArthur's last year in 2018, uh, he he was gone. Uh, Thabidiana Buile was known to be a main speaker. He is gone from it. And now, as we're going to see, the main news, I have not yet watched. We're going to watch the trailer for The Last Word. What a... It's just... I, I also don't know what to feel about like the trailers for conferences, but any, it either. feels a little bit like like you have a heightened view of self importance, you know, like wow, we're really this big deal. This is huge. Like the last word. This is you know one last time we're coming together. There's yep. you know, and maybe there's just a nostalgia element for a lot of people. for thousands of people yep. for for most of the YRR. And then 2018 is where is the where the real splintering happened. That's where John MacArthur's last that was his last one, and where he then distanced himself from all of these men, yeah. uh, which we still see growing further and further. But this is where David Platt preached his famous sermon about justice rolling down, about uh, right what we would what we would probably call woke politics or social justice coming in. This is where Ligon Duncan apologized for lifelong racism. It was a uh, this that was kind of the a a, a uh, where T4G really started to come for criticism, and I think before we go to this, this this might be my my thought on is the gospel enough to hold us together? I think the the answer indeed is yes. The problem is that once you once you right the, the the a lot of the criticism will come is that politics is tearing us apart we can't do it i actually come to church here every week we're in the church building uh where michael's a pastor and i attend church i actually don't know the political views 
parenting views, education views, medical views, uh, vaccine status of really almost anyone at the church. And do you know what? I have I have no issue with really anyone here. Because what takes actual center stage here at the church is the gospel, is the praise of Christ, is the exposition of scripture, is fellowship, is prayer for our struggles and issues. Now, were the church to decide this week instead, we are going to do a lament for systematic injustice, right? Like, I think 2018 being an example in T4G is actually it was the injection of politics into something mm -hmm. that may have been laudably now whether we should say like hey we're all celebrities let's be the models that's probably a problem yeah and and maybe unsurprising that when the elites want a new pet cause we all kind of well our it friendship our in. friendship modeled how we could all be together for the gospel let's now use the same platform to model how These we can all things. be together yeah. for let justice roll down. Uh, Which I'm all for, by the way. I'm oh, really? Personally, uh, a fan you don't of oppose Amos. Amos's message <laughs> <laughs> from I, I am personally all for uh, even the minor prophets of Scripture. <laughs> well, I won't. I, who am I to say? <laughs> Who's to say? Amos or not? So, yeah. Do you have? Do you think have any thoughts about kind of my my maybe slightly different take on what really kind of ripped? ended up causing this fracturing. Yeah, I think this is true. I think that we've talked about this before, that um, the the issue with a lot of the kind of gospel-centered movement was not that it was gospel-centered. It's that it was it was very limited in how it understood mm -hmm. what the gospel was and what other things the scripture speaks of. And so they had to limit everything to, well, this is gospel. And when you do that, then all of a sudden you have to start saying, well, I guess when the Bible talks about justice and how I now want to apply that justice, that's also gospel. And so now that is the same exact thing. So I can preach this in the same way that I would preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And if you don't believe in it, that means that you're not a Christian. You don't believe the gospel. And so uh, even whenever it's like, if it's political right or left, when it's, when it's uh, you know, any of these things um, that come in from outside, they have to be added in somehow to what the gospel is. Um, and I do think that that's right, that... Uh, when you see the gospel actually being the centerpiece, it's when you don't really bring those other things up. Not because they're unimportant. Right. Like, guarantee that, uh, you know, uh, people would not mind, you know, speaking with you at this church about the different views they have on different things. No doubt. And I can tell you that there is a wide range of views on a lot of different things in the church. But, like you said, that's not, like, that's not what we do on a Sunday morning. That's not what we do when we open up the scriptures. Um, like, our goal is not to, um, ultimately, like, we, we are not a church that's going to go after a social gospel. And as much as I know um, this this is not, uh, this was not the intention of a place like T4G, it's not the intention of the YRR, there is a lot of ways in which a social gospel has crept in where there's this idea, again, that like uh, the, the way that we continue to expand the kingdom of God is through some kind of social policy. It's how you vote. It's how you think about your role, um, you know, in in the marketplace or whatever. And again, I love talking about these things. You and I have had tons of discussions like yep. this. I've had these discussions with all kinds of people. I have a lot of opinions on these things, even. But those things are not the gospel, right? Yeah, you know, there is a distinction that needs to be made. Yes. And and so I think T4G did have an opportunity to say, 
what would what does it mean to continue to leverage different relationships across denominations if we said for the explicit purpose of the gospel understanding those limitations and then what we've said the what we've said the criticism of gospel centered living is if everything has to be the gospel a lot of things get lost or brought in inappropriately but but we could have seen what are the limits but the problem is there's always the ex, as you're saying the always, the expanding scope yes. we want and listeners if you would like michael to react to david platt's sermon on amos just let us know <laughs> yeah. and we'll find out how much I'm pretty how sure much I've he not loves seen it. i've maybe read about it i, I don't know I, by that point i was out of this scene right. you Me know too. i was out of the scene and so i just didn't really see a lot which, of this stuff which which is why neither of us were mad when it happened so <laughs> but let's let's go let's watch let's listen to dever and duncan tell us about the end Mark, we've talked for a number of years about when does T4G end. Well, you remember the very first one, we were, we were all surprised how many people came. Right. And, uh, and there was a lot of excitement to think, oh, we should do this every year, we should start a magazine or build something. And, and we, as we thought about it, prayed about it, we just like, no, everybody has other stuff they're doing. They have their local church right. and another ministry. Yeah. Let's just keep this a pastor's conference every other and, year. And, and the every other year part was, was part of that. It's just there, there are a lot of conferences out there. Yeah. There are a lot of good things yeah. going. We Praise want to be Lord. a friendship yeah. that ends up encouraging pastors. Yeah. We want to make it clear that what's happening in local churches is the important thing. That's right. T4G is not the important no. thing. It's only useful insofar it encourages good, faithful gospel ministry in the local church and it encourages pastors and elders in that. So for the, so for the good, right? I think I just wanted to pause and just say very commendable to want to be encouraging and saying what's done in the local church is what's essential. Yeah. And even the fact that they did like intentionally make it like, Hey, we, we could have expanded this. Like that was, you know, here's the like the, maybe another ring of pol- power analogy. Like they could have turned this into a magazine, yep. into a website, into a like all this extra stuff. They could have done that, and they chose not to because they didn't want to make it about that. And that is commendable. Debatably, they did that with uh, the Gospel Coalition, since this is the same people. But I do agree that that was <laughs> that that was commendable, and that they wanted to encourage pastors. Again, I'm still not getting the, our friendship was supposed to be an encouragement to pastors. And again, this is the, this is the perfect ring of power analogy because the question is, is asking, can we through celebrity and conferences and big events make it about the local church? That is incredibly hard to do. Yeah, I do not, I am at the point I'm probably just cynical because of what we have been through over the last couple of decades, yeah. like growing up in in uh, evangelicalism and you know going through the YRR. Um, I am maybe just very skeptical, but I definitely feel like it is not a possible thing. You are it's the you know it's the the medium is the message, right? Like that's you cannot through the medium of celebrity conference speaking make it about something that is so antithetical to those things. It will. That work, 
And so we, we always knew there'd be a time yeah. that we'd say, this is the last time. Well, and a few days ago, our brother Al Moeller contacted us and said, brothers, I love you guys very much, but I've just got to do other things now. In the uh, world, he's doing the World Magazine that's opinion right. page. He's Some got things are going on in the Southern Baptist Convention. Southern Baptist Convention. Convention. Yeah. And at that point, we started looking I think around. You, you and I both felt like, yeah, you know, I kind of feel, let's, let's do and this look, one. Al had even, even the year before, you know, we there had been some discussion, is it time for us yeah. to bring it in? And I think we certainly talked hit, about it in February. We did. Yeah. And so, so we already, we always built the thing so that we could stop it. Right. Uh, it's, it's funny, you know, with the conference, people don't realize this. There's so much that goes into it that it's, it's, it's really hard. You, you have to pre-commit to rent places and other kind of commitments you make and yeah. you can't break them so right. it's funny once you get into conferences you kind of got to keep them going so we've worked very hard uh by keep the way we've done that that's right so that, that we're we gonna be able to actually stop yeah. it and so anyway i'm pretty pumped about yeah. this being the last one me too and maybe this being the best one certainly it's gonna be yeah. uh, it's one i'm excited yeah. about wow can i just say before we we discuss this i think there is some things to discuss here it is very striking that one of the largest evangelical conferences is essentially going to end without a real explanation of what happened all the way. Yeah, you mean explanation as for like why exactly it's ending? Yeah. I mean, I because I I I'm not I'm not saying they're hiding something here. I'm just saying like conspiracy theories. Here we go. Here's. <laughs> Send us your best conspiracy <laughs> theory for why T4G is leaving. I, I, I will say, also, we would like to interview someone who helps plan major conferences yes, like this. please. We really think that would be helpful. I'm going to break this out into a clip so it can be shared. We want to talk to someone who has helped plan evangelical conferences because we want to, we want to hear, we want to learn how the sausage is made of the amount of money. Because I do think... Right, I can't imagine the amount of money and time and salaries and where these books come from and how speakers are compensated. I think it would be very interesting to interview someone like about that. Absolutely, yeah. So if you or somebody you know or somebody you're related to or anybody is into that kind of stuff or has been in the past, they've been involved in these things, we do. We want to talk to somebody and, and uh, learn a bit more about that. So... I'll say that the kind of only there I heard kind of two impetuses for why this is ending. Um, I'll I'll say one that maybe our listeners didn't hear uh, because when you listen, it's it's really quick and and Dever is actually talking over Duncan. He's like, you know, we were coming at it and we started looking around, and he doesn't finish the thought because Dever is already moving on. I will say, man, it is it is striking to see these two men here having the time I was actually watching them pretty closely was in like 2010 they do look older like these yeah. are older men now they are and the that we've already talked about the splintering of, of t4g but with them even with these two men with john piper all the kinds of men they were inviting are all older men there is the bullpen of why are our speakers is not only fractured but it's just it's about to retire Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so you're having, again, the same kind of issues that you have within maybe the broader evangelical world where you have this issue of succession that is still up in the air. Like, mm -hmm. who is actually the successors for this movement? Um, it's not, that's not really clear. And, and, and now, but we will say the, 
the major impetus, at least as it is presented by Mark Dever and Ligon Duncan, is the departure of Al Mohler. Yeah. And uh, here, as winsome winter comes, we are going to have a discussion about the SBC because as Mark Dever so eloquently put it, He's got a lot of things going on right now. Yeah, things in the SBC, <laughs> right? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yep. So, yeah. so we'll definitely be covering that. But even the, I mean, the fact that you are now down to two out of the, f- of the, the original the f- four. Yeah. That's pretty big. You right. Know, like that's pretty big. And even the fact that Al Mohler, what's really interesting is, I mean, I know Al Mohler is probably a crazy busy guy. He does. Yep. He puts out a ton of stuff. Um, he does a lot. He's got a lot of responsibilities. He couldn't show up just to like talk at a conference that seems a again i don't know i'm speculating and i'm right. openly speculating yep. so i mean maybe i'm wrong about this i'm perfectly fine being wrong i'm not making an allegation it just sounds to me like this is the kind of thing that moeller wants to distance himself from mm-hmm. that's what it feels like let's just say that it, it's it is probably unsurprising that a guy in the positions he is in the southern baptist convention is now interested in distancing himself from a i think and again i mean we don't talk a lot about it on our show but i think the social justice fad that has been through evangelicalism is likely peaked already and is and he's now now distancing himself so i think we should ask ourselves what does this mean for the yrr i think we were both really struck by colin hansen's description of what he called t4g yeah, so he said this is um, – Colin Hansen wrote an article on uh, TGC, TGC, T4G. Yep. Man, okay. Um, so on the Gospel Coalition website, uh, Colin Hansen wrote an article about, you know, the fact that this is going to be the last T4G. And he's talking about his experience. Uh, you know, he says, we converged, converged on Louisville, talking about the first time that they had this conference, uh, to hear from them. But uh, they wanted us to meet each other. Uh, He says, from my seat near the front stage, I saw the visible manifestation of the young restless reformed. So this is how he understood T4G. Like this is, this is the YRR. If the YRR was like a denomination or a church, it's like, it's this group. And now it's ending. The visible YRR versus the invisible YRR. So can we just say that the timing of a, a rise and fall post-mortem on the YRR is just incredibly timed. Restless posting their W's online, I think. <laughs> and I think um, I actually saw this article when it was posted by friend of the show, Dr. Brad Vermerlin, who we need to have back sometime to discuss some things. Uh, is He said, I felt this coming months off. I don't want to read too much into this ending, but it does seem indicative of the broader fracturing in the conservative and especially Calvinistic evangelical coalition, which he's right about. That is what I think we see, Absolutely. especially as we saw, as I went through and I went to the T4G tweet, didn't watch the video, but I went and watched, I looked at all the quote tweets, how people were reacting. And I would say it was a mix of nostalgia and spiteful ball spiking. And I don't know that I uh, share either reaction to this, but what I mean about the nostalgia is I actually think, let's say one of the good things that came out of T4G is you probably, if you're listening to this, you probably have listened to their live worship uh, albums where they're singing hymns and things, right? This group, if you've ever heard a group of men singing a, 
a hymn in the last 10 years. It was probably recorded at this conference. I think those were, I think that will be a generally good thing that people will enjoy for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I as I mentioned earlier, I do think that there is a laudable kind of unity. Like, can we actually get together for the purposes of the gospel? Now, what that means, I, I don't know, right? I, I do think that maybe that ambiguity was the problem, but... But the spiteful reaction, and, and so again, people loved the conference, loved the large amounts of free books they came away with. Um, I don't know if we call them free exactly. <laughs> yeah, what would it cost a person to head to T4G, the yeah, final word? I don't know what it's always cost, but apparently it costs $250. Um, now, it is cheaper if you're a student. It says $150. Uh, it's all plus fees. I don't know what the fees are, but 249 plus fees for an individual um, groups, there's like a group discount rate depending on how big you are. But then yeah. students, 150. Internationals, 150. And where is so it that's this cheaper. year? Um, where is it? That's a good question. In Louisville. So yeah. It's is it always? It must always be in Louisville. I don't know. If someone would is going and would like to be the on the ground restless correspondent, we'd love, love to have we you. We will we will send you some uh, special restless swag, and you can. You can go around and interview people on our behalf, and yep. we will play some on the show. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to do that. We'd love to to talk to you from there. So, yeah, what do you think, if if anything, this means for the YRR? This is that T4G as of 2022 is done. So it is – I think that Colin Hansen is partially right um, in – uh, the fact that like him seeing this as a visible manifestation of the YRR, this is the YRR come together in a certain way. Um, it's it's the values of the YRR. Um, now, what we've we've kind of talked about this before. It's just interesting that Colin Hansen, who's running for TGC, which we would say right. is like front and center in this movement, um, clearly is trying to like make T4G like they were the YRR guys, and we're a little bit different. Like we're right. more broad. We're we're something other than that. And so he seems to be trying to not not distance himself in a way like saying we don't like that stuff because he clearly is still you know right. involved he, in it and everything. His his article was a glowing absolute love, re- like yeah review of of what T four G was. That's right. Uh, but he clearly is trying to set up the Gospel Coalition as something different now. So, right. So it is something different. So whereas uh, the Together for the Gospel crowd is dying out. The Gospel Coalition crowd is still around. They're still thriving. They're still doing their thing, but it's different than maybe what uh, we would say it once was. And and I do think this is an important point that of TGC saying that they are not the visible manifestation of the YRR. We need to ask, then what are you? What? Yeah. What exactly are you? Ju- are, you? are you just? Are you just the evangelical elites? Because we've we've discussed, we've talked with Brad about how that they they were trying to control for good reason right again i'm not using i'm trying to not i'm not using that negatively they were trying to take the positions in evangelicalism yeah they were trying to take the middle hold the middle and and really uh change what where exactly evangelicalism was going explicitly so right and so if you were part of the yrr and it might explain why you don't feel the same fealty to tgc that you once did the the things that were so helpful about the yrr may not be what's centered in TGC anymore. And maybe why you feel frustrated with it sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. But so all that is to be said um, that like because uh, this conference, which was so central, is seemingly 
falling apart. You know, right. I mean, and you know, maybe it's just like they said they didn't intend for this to always go on. Yep. And that's again a laudable thing. Yep. Um, you know, they they did intend to end it at some point. It makes sense that they would end it now, um, as you said, as they're getting older. I think that this is a sign that the movement is maybe not done, done, but it's pretty close. You right. know, I mean, uh, it. We are at the point where um, the the casket is being slowly lowered into <laughs> the grave at this point, and. Um, even those that have benefited significantly in their influence, in their in their book sales, in all kinds of yep. stuff from the movement, they recognize that, right. and so they're ready to uh, say that it's done. And uh, so I I want to um, think a little bit more about this idea of of the succession of you know what mm-hmm. exactly is going on uh, because it does seem like a common issue today, just culturally in general, not just in the church. Is the issue of like uh, you know a certain generation of leaders who have held power for a very long time having some kind of inability to be able to pass that on in any healthy way, and I wonder if that's coming out a little bit here. Um, you know, I'm all for a celebrity conference being done. You know, I'm not I'm not like saddened by this necessarily, um, but there is something that tells me that like if they were still getting great numbers. And they didn't have, you know, key leaders kind of like dipping out. They wouldn't be done. It's hard to imagine. They yeah, be and done. maybe they would. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems to me like the amount of like money and book sales and influence and everything that comes from this, it just seems like the kind of thing that they would not stop doing because the metrics that they have used to show how powerful this has been up to this point has been those things. It's been like this is how many books we gave away. This is how many people came. This is how many people filled this, you know, giant auditorium. Right. And so by those met if that was the metric, that hasn't that hasn't seemingly stopped. Maybe it did. I don't know what the right. numbers were like the last time, but I'm sure this is going to be huge this time. Though. Yeah, I assume no, I so. Don't. I assume it's going to be massive. And I think I think, you know, for nostalgia reasons, for all, you know, all the good re- like this is, you know, this is the chance because I think that we will we will discuss what the f- this means for the future of these leaders who have these positions of prominence, whether it's in TGC or other places. And I think that, you know, what we might discuss if this is what the the differing streams of the conservative evangelicals are becoming. If we're going to kind of move into more separated tribes, we can discuss that. But I do think, again, we'll, we'll let's, let's keep focusing on eulogizing T4G. I think... The question you're getting at with succession is maybe the the last place I want to go is I want to ask, was T4G a success? So I I came up with a few ideas, and actually the first one uh, was I'm gonna I'm gonna give a few ways that I think you could read the end of T4G as a success or as a failure, and you can tell me what combination or if it's more one. I, the first one I said was. You could read T4G as a failure because they failed to recruit younger men to join them in this gospel friendship ministry. Yeah, what's interesting is, I mean, there are younger men who speak at the conference, Mm -hmm. right? So there are definitely younger men who have taken part in the conference over the years. You think about like a David Platt, for instance. David Platt is younger than this group of men that started this. He's he's the kind of the next generation. You think of like a Matt Chandler, 
Um, again, he's somebody that is in that kind of younger contingent, the second generation YRR. Who I should have noted was one of the early speakers pulled off the speaking roster. But like those types of guys, like there was never like a bringing of them into like the 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 upper echelon of like, hey, we're the guys who put on this conference. You're going to be the next guys. Right. That never happened. Why that it like why are they the kind of people that can come and speak at the conference but you're just not friends with them maybe I don't know right um, and, and and this is a great question because I think all of us in the YRR probably incorrectly assumed man just like my dad listened to R C Sproul or John Piper for most of his adult life I'm probably gonna listen to Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll for most of my adult most life of my life. Which, <laughs> which is hilarious to think what, about. I'm now. a really, those are, I'm really bad at predicting things. <laughs> I know people listen to our show because we sometimes predict things, but I'm clearly really bad We're at it. Clearly based. not good at it. <laughs> um, this whole podcast is about how bad we were. Are at that's that. true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So another another level of failure is because I do think there is a succession problem in in evangelicalism, whether or not it applies to this, is a failure to maintain unity and allegiance around the gospel whether it's bringing whether it is there were secondary opinions they could no longer get over or or bringing in politics that caused a splintering right or you know any any other issues right or or moral failings right we could give you know we could we could read any kind of thing onto this and that could be a failure and then here would be one success one way we could read it as a success if you go to their website they say we formed this to f- confront the false gospels that were endemic in the evangelical church. And I think they're talking about primarily the emergent church. I think they're talking about probably the prosperity gospel to a degree. Yeah, moralistic, therapeutic deism. I think those I think yeah. those three probably and that they came, served for the time that was needed, built up an excitement around doctrines like justification, a lot of the statements on Calvinism. Uh, you can find these in their affirmations and denials, and that they've done that. They've they raised the they raised the awareness. They raised the gospel flag, and people rallied to it. And it's no longer needed. I think that would be one way we could read this T four G as a success for the last eighteen years. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that that's a, a good thing. When you think about some of those primary um, primary issues that were confronted, mm. uh, they are not primary issues anymore. You know, like right. they, they just aren't. Um, I, I'm just looking through just to see their speakers. I'm just wondering how many of their, you know, speakers... I'm thinking in terms of this, you know, com- kind of... Uh, contrast between t4g and tgc and thinking okay how many people over the years has the gospel coalition platformed that became very problematic you know a james mcdonald a mark driscoll versus together for the gospel and i think i don't know i mean i don't know especially later on you know i don't know what it's been since but i want to say that probably there's been a little bit less of that with uh together for the gospel i want to say that another way that you could see this as a success is that it did not become a never-ending mm. train of material that just became like here's another like here's another TGC except it's T4G like here's another one with the magazine with the website and with a conference that never ends and it just keeps growing 
they kept it when they decided it's going to be biannual. They kept it to that up to this point. That takes tremendous willpower. I guarantee they could have gotten a lot more people to come if they kept, you know, doing it at at other times. Like they could have they could have expanded their influence in other words. They could have expanded the book sales. They could have done a lot and they decided not to do that. And that really is commendable. I think that that's a really good thing. And likely the that level of restraint for whatever reason it existed is why it hasn't turned into as much of a clown world that a lot of the TGC yeah, stuff has. Absolutely. And and that and, and in that way it's good, right? In this in this, you know, this humble ending. And so and I think that is, you know, brings us to, you know, the final thing I want us to talk about, which is that we're gonna now try and raise a million dollars to start our own conference, Restless for the Gospel. Restless for the Gospel. gospel. If you wanna get in on this, if you are a sponsor <laughs> yeah. and you would like to join us, we wanna bring people together. <laughs> T4D shutting down. There is going in to be two, a void. In 2024, we're ready. <laughs> we are ready. There's no doubt. Join us. Join us in 2024 in Louisville. For... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably a center that will be unused. <laughs> for Restless for the Gospel. We are going to model friendship as, right. as gospel we, ministry. We are friends. Yeah. Why can't we do a conference like these guys? If it's about friendship. And, and we should be able to bring 3,000 people. No <laughs> minimum. Join us this weekend for the restless one-year celebration on October 31st. This is the the last little bit of time you have to get in your voice memos, your messages. We've been getting a ton of these lately, and your questions, your criticisms, anything that you want us to discuss, talk about on the show is one year. Anything you want us to recap, um, we're going to be talking about um, a bit of the just the statistics of the show, how it's grown. We've we're going to talk about maybe a little bit what, where we're going, where mm-hmm. we're planning to head, and and everything like that. Some exciting things. O- October thirty first, also the day you can order your Holy Smokes box. Uh, as we have a paid advertiser, Pastor Michael and I have said we will never uh, interrupt our show with ad breaks. Uh, but we did have a listener finding out we had a paid sponsor. I just want uh, Michael to get, give us a quick reaction to what it would sound like if we were doing in-show ad breaks. So are you ready for two of these? I'm ready. Okay, so our first one is it would be us playing uh, a segment of where yay, nay, or nuance is brought to you by a sponsor. So... I'll say, so this would be how I would do the ad copy. I'll say I'm going to have to nuance this TGC article. There's some really good stuff in here, but you need to really work hard to filter out what is the poor theology. We're always needing to filter out the bad stuff here on Restless. And spiritually, filtering can be very difficult. But thankfully, when it comes to my eye health, filtering is a little bit easier thanks to our friends at Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks, don't you want us? This is why we're never doing this yes. in show. Yep, that's why. Let me, let me give you the next one he sent. This one was pretty good, too. Many pastors out there these days are in a position, are in their position like Mark Driscoll was because they were charismatic in the pulpit. But their character was lacking in many other areas. And they aren't able to make meaningful connections with their con- congregation. These connections can be difficult to maintain and even harder if you don't have quality staff. Just like the connections between employers and job seekers. That's why our friends over at ZipRecruiter <laughs> are working hard every day to make those connections oh, happen. Man. If you have some bad ad reads, for oh, us, yeah, we'll, send them our way. We might read those in the middle of the show. <laughs> That's right. 
if you 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 know the things that advertise on every podcast, but they all do. Hey, October thirty first, get one ready year anniversary. We're excited to celebrate with all of you.